0: and all hope listeners you're listening to Radio Grognard the OSR podcast about stuff with your host Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks old man Grognard here happy Tuesday. Okay first up we've got an email not an email a voicemail from Dan Gregg. Go ahead Dan.
1: Hey Glenn this is Dan from the Young Grognard podcast I just wanted to say I wrapped up your episode on uh, At What Cost, that episode there you just put out. And i got to say, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. Um, You mentioned how moral dilemmas can kind of, I don't know, muddy up the waters or not really be your taste. But i got to say, I think those kinds of moral dilemmas are sort of the bread and butter of my campaigns. Uh, I feel like any good, memorable campaign, you have to have some sort of... I guess, arch meaning that comes along with the campaign. And usually those meanings are gained through some sort of a moral dilemma, in my case. Something like proving to the characters that everything that they've been fighting for has its own dark side and showing that there needs to be some element of balance in the world and that people like them have to behave like arbiters of that goodness or evil. You know? Either way, thanks a lot. Have a good day.
0: Thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate it. Ooh, debate. I love it. That's the that's the soul of of debate, I guess, of, of discussion. Uh, debate. You know, good debate. And I hope this is a good debate. So, I understand where you're coming from. And I'm going to try and say this without sounding like I'm backtracking or anything like that. But a certain amount of that is good. I mean, you know... Marvel Comics kind of pioneered that, and that's part of their bread and butter. But I feel you get too much into it. It's just I don't want to feel like I've been watching an after-school special after I play in somebody's game. I don't want to feel like it's a you know <laughs> don't do drugs, kids at the end of a at the end of a TV show or something like that. Or you know moral choices. That that's I'm exaggerating there, but. What I mean is, a moral gray area can be a good thing. You just got to adjudicate it with, the, with, with the other stuff. I mean, yes, okay. I'm my my world is a little more black and white because I'm more of an action adventure, swashbuckling kind of guy. I'm I'm more Indiana Jones than Ibsen. So let me put it that way. But I don't mind a little bit of that, and it's funny you could use that as like seasoning into a black hats and white hats kind of situation a black and white situation and hopefully the player characters will always make the right decision which isn't always easy in those cases but in those cases it's the right decision versus the best decision you can make in the circumstances and that's that's somewhat acceptable to me, but at the same time, I don't want to get it bogged down in total moral conundrums. I don't know, this may have to do with like what's going on on TV and movies and stuff these days, mostly TV. My wife watches a lot of cop shows, not only from Britain, but from here, and a lot of them get into moral gray areas that I I can't have a steady diet of that. There's a great dramas out there based on that stuff, and some of them I do enjoy. But I just maybe it's a reaction to that. I don't know. But I I want to get back to the more rip roaring adventure type stuff. Everybody says you should be playing Savage World. Well, yes, I should be playing Savage World, but I don't play Savage World because I don't have any groups that play Savage Worlds, which I could probably fix. But anyway, that's kind of my my stance on it. I I agree to disagree with you. On my personal taste but on the whole you may have a point there that's what I'm saying so not to discount anything you've said you do have a point there but in my experience that's just the way I like to run the games I wouldn't mind a little bit of that like I said it's like a spice it's not the whole meal it's a spice to me anyway thank you for that email Dan appreciate it okay Oh, we're going to get back into the acting thing again. The acting as gaming is acting thing again, because once again, I always believe that acting can help your game, especially as a DM. Once a DM, as I've said before, once a DM does it, it encourages the other players to do it. And I'm all about that. Saying, doing, not saying, let's put it that way. We're going to get back into the murky land of box text in a magic module or any other place. I mean, you could, you know, I've seen, I've seen dungeon masters, game masters who have written adventures with their own box text. I mean, they're not writing box text, but it feels like they're reading box text at some point. So it's not exclusive to the module world, the adventure, the publishing world. And yes, box text can be tedious. I've seen a whole page of box text before. In fact, I see a little box text, I don't mind reading it, you know, a small one. But when you get just to like one, uh, say a a two column format, you get a whole column of box text. You know, I'm not reading that. That's too much. So that's when you go in and break it down. You break it down into what the, what the main ideas of the, of the author is trying to get and then bullet point it. You, you bullet point it so you can j- glance at it and go, okay, these are the main points he's trying to make. These are the main points I should convey to the players in my own way. And if it's an NPC talking, even better. If it's an NPC interaction, even better. Well, let's take that a little further here. Let's say you have box text. you bullet pointed it. Now, present it to the players. Present it to the players in the way that will make them interactive. And I think you know where I'm going with this. First of all, if you can, most a lot of people can't. I understand there's handicapped people. and plus, And like me, because I'm old and have bad knees, stand up. Stand up if you can. That will help. I stand up sometimes. I can't stand up for very long, but I do stand up if I'm trying to make a point or something like that. If you're, say, playing an NPC or doing an interaction, there's a lot of people who will stand up through the whole session. At North Texas RPG Con, Matt Finch stands on a table so everybody can see him. He has like 25 to 30 players in his game, so I understand that, but he's also very enthusiastic when he does a game. So, stand up and... Move around. You can move around. It's okay. As long as you have your notes in front of you, behind the screen. Not in front of you, but I mean notes behind the screen. I've been, I've done stuff like walk around the table before and talk to a player. I've had a player come behind my screen, which is something that I rarely let anybody do. Rarely. But this person was so into the interaction. It was a gangbusters game and they were sweating a perp. And they were in the police... They were in the police department... They were in the police uh, station. Thank you. And they were in the back room. And he came behind the screen and leaned on the desk and started drilling me as the suspect. And I was playing and he was playing. We were having a good time. And I told him later, I says, you know, I I hardly ever let people go behind the screen, but I let you go. First of all, I know you're not going to look at my notes. And secondly... It was great role playing, great role playing. But move around. Even if you don't move around the table, just move around and use your space. That's what I'm saying. This is an acting, this is an acting uh, a- acting idea, acting lesson. Well, not the whole thing, but I mean this is use the space. Get up, use the space, use your hands. If the character uses his hands. If he doesn't use his hands, don't use his hands. Just play the character. Play the NPC. In the interaction. It also helps with your ad-libbing skills which you need to play this game. Every good game master needs to develop some kind of ad-lib skills. I know as a theater person I had to in case somebody went up and that's in case you don't know that's the way of saying they forgot their lines or they get up, somehow something happens and something happens you got to know how to ad-lib and try and get back to what they were doing. Well here it's okay you have a plan for them you know there you've got a situation for them to do and they're taking it in direction north and and you want them to go direction east so you have to ad-lib to go there any good npc interaction should be ad-lib with the bullet points there or any situation even stand up if you're describing even an area uh a world, uh, a city, uh, uh, out in the, out and about in the, in the fields, a forest, something like that. Stand up and move around. Use your hands. Just make it come, basically what you have to do is make it come alive for the players. And you can do this all sitting down, too. In fact, I'm doing it right now. I'm talking about this and I'm waving my hands like I'm trying to describe something. I'm trying to show you, look, do it like this. You can't see me. This is a podcast. You know, so I'm just doing it just automatically, naturally. And you should really get into something like that. Now, you know, if you're not into something, just start small, sit there and just do something with your hands. I, I'm not even going to get into voices this time because. I've done voices before and I know people, there are people who say they can't, there are people who do it and they say they're really bad. So I'm not really, I'll get into voices in another episode again, but at this time it's more like flesh out the NPC, describe the world. Like you think of yourself as a ringmaster, think of yourself as a master of ceremonies. That's a good analogy for a game master, he is the MC. He's the compare. He is the master of ceremonies. He is the narrator. He, the narrator, well, more or less. I mean, they all put in the the thing. They all put in into the game. Remember, it's a game you created at the table with other players. But the point is, you're you're the leader. You're the you're the one who you reveal the world using your hands, like this, reveal the world, imagination, anyway, you are, that's what a game master is, he is the narrator, now the narrator, see, that's a, to me, that's a good analogy for a game master, because everybody's saying the game master is God, no, the game master is, is the referee, no, the game master is, you know, he doesn't have the, 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 you're right, You're right. The player, everybody at the table makes that game, but the, but the game master is the narrator. He is the narrator who just narrates what goes on and the world reacts through him. The world reacts, the NPCs react, everything reacts through him reacting to the player characters, what they do, the player characters actions. I mean, look at look at narrators in movies. They don't really move the plot along. They describe it, even if it's first person. Narr- I mean, if it's first person narration, that's another. You know, you know I've been watching too much Philip Marlowe, but it, it the narrator describes it. He describes the world. He describes. They do the actions. The characters do the actions. He describes what happens when they do the actions. He describes. The reaction to the NPCs. He described if if, it, if this was a story, uh, he would be the the he would be the narrator behind everything. And Sagan's not first person narration. He would be the narrator behind everything. If somebody says it's a great day out, he would be said John willingly or something like that. That is that is the game master right there. He. He may create the world in situations, but once they go, all he does is, okay, you do this, the world does that. That's his job. That's what he does. So, you can argue with me about that or anything else at oldmangrognart.gmail.com or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. And I'm going to go start my day, and we are monetized. So, as little as 99 cents a month, you two can help support this program, and I would appreciate it. Thank you again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel, my supporters, who are great. You guys rock. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.